Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Hey Adam, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! I hope you're having a spooky one. Ready to talk about some spooky X-Men stories? I am ready to talk about some spooky X-Men stories. I feel like the stories that we're going to talk about are sufficiently spooky. Yes. And we can we can have our spooks sufficiently spooked. Yeah, I always love that distinction between scary and spooky, right? You know, like... Are you a... This is an interesting question to me, because I don't think you are, but are you a horror guy? Like, like, are you a scary horror guy? I have gotten much more into horror over the course of the last couple of years um i used to be very like anti-horror and not really understanding the genre and now i'm at a point where like i'm actually trying to catch up on franchises that i completely missed out on like nightmares on nightmare on elm street or um poltergeist um i i actually just watched hellraiser the other night so i feel like i'm i'm becoming or have become uh, like a horror guy how about you See, I am not a horror movie person. I do like reading horror books and comics Ooh, and yes. things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's what I think it is is the difference that I can control the pacing when mm. it comes to something like that. So if I want to be like, okay, I'm good, <laughs> I can just be good. <laughs> also, there's not going to be a part where someone screams at me out of nowhere. <laughs> It's harder to get a uh, jump scare on you with a page. I'm turn. not a jump scare guy. <laughs> I find I find it. I don't find jump scares frightening. I find them frustrating and annoying. <laughs> like I'm like, really. Uh, well, uh, I don't think there's too many jump scares in uh, in t- today's episode, and uh, we're these aren't requests. These are things that we just thought like, hey, it's Halloween. We we're ce- we're celebrating Madeline Pryor's favorite holiday. <laughs> yeah, Madeline Pryor, who's set. I believe the solicit said something about her returning, right? Again. Oh yeah. Um, spoilers for, uh, I guess soli- the advertising for a comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a week now at this point. The, Maddie is going to show back up in New Mutants nice. by friend of the show Vida Ayala, and not. Well, no, Rod's been on. Rod can be a friend of the show. Has Rod been on? You interviewed Rod for C2E2. Yes, we can call him friend of the show. Man, I feel like if we're going to use the phrase friend of the show, we should probably (laughs) definitely know that they were a friend of the show. Uh, But no, by Vita and Rod, uh, which New Mutants might be my favorite book in the line. Oh, it's great. As of right now. It's so So, good right now. So freaking good. Yeah. So good. Uh, uh, this is also by a friend of the show and someone who's not friend of the show, but could be. Mm-hmm. Um, the first story we're going to be talking about today is, uh, Adam, it's coming to us from battle world. Yeah. 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 This is a, a secret wars tie in where they just decided to throw a bunch of, uh, old crossover event titles into a hat and make 
stories about him. This is one of my favorites, though. This is Inferno. Yeah, this is this is Inferno uh, one through five, uh, written by friend of the show Dennis Hopeless Hallam, uh, penciled by potential friend of the show uh, Javier Garon. Um, and here's the thing about this. Do you like the? I loved I love the Jonathan Hickman Assad Ribic Secret Wars. Yeah. How do you feel about the tie-ins as a concept? Like in general, how do you feel about the tie-ins to Secret Wars? What they did with them? Well, here's here's the thing. Conceptually, Battleworld I consider to be incredibly stupid. I also think it was brave of the publisher to just sort of like shut down what they were doing and do these minis because it allowed them to do some things that were not happening at the time, right? I mean, if you look at the line of the books going into Secret Wars, not a lot of risks, but there were actually were some risks being taken in some of these Battle World titles. And, you know, some of it works, some of it doesn't. But I I generally, like especially the X-Men uh, stuff that came out as part of this, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and this I one thought- might have been my favorite. No, this one's not my favorite. I can tell you that right now. Because uh, this one might be my third favorite right, of the X-Men right. stuff. Okay. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm guessing off the top of my head... Hold on. Well, see, we, we know X-Men 92 is probably the best, right? I I am... Or are you going to say years of, years of Future Past? Here, here's my dirty secret. Yeah. I don't like Years of Future oh. Past. I think Years of Future Past makes a bad use of comics as an art form whoa uh, and that may just be the fact that i had a lot of people over the years post that one page of colossus telling his daughter that hey uh being mean to people is bad and causes genocide which i feel like is a a bit of a reductionist take <laughs> on that and b just the worst use of comics I've ever seen. It is a, a splash page with a whole lot of word bubbles on it. Um, I still it's, like that mini. Is it a splash page? Because I feel like it's like... No, it is. It's a splash page with like a literal full page lecture on in word bubbles above it. And it's... But it's it's not... It's two figures, though. That's the thing. It's not a splash page. It's two figures in the bottom quarter of the page yeah and then it's all white and right. then word balloons yeah it's a single panel that's a splash page there's no i feel like I why feel are we like talking sh- about years of future past we're not because i feel like you're stretching the definition of splash page <laughs> it's a full page that's what a splash page is it's i agree a full that page. i agree i'm that using it's hand a full gestures page. <laughs> i feel i feel like splash page implies a certain amount of gravitas that is not right. present okay. in that page. All right, so now I'm thinking uh, Extinction Agenda, which I didn't like very much. Um, that one was bad. Uh, House of M, which was not very good. Fire House of M was middling. What are you? What are uh, you thinking? Is like your like really good oh, one? Oh, uh, e, e is for Extinction. That oh, one's that okay. one's my favorite. Yeah, that rocks. Uh, there's also in what I remember being good, but have not read it. It the t- read it back ever and never intend to read it back. Mm. Uh, the Red Skull series uh, that was really a Magneto solo series. I remember that I being interesting. That. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I don't want to go back and read it. I 
thinking well, thinking about it for a hot second, it seems like there may be some elements in that that haven't aged well. <laughs> there was there was the actual Magneto Solar Solo series that was a Last Days uh, tie-in that ruled. Yeah. Uh, there was Age of Apocalypse, which I liked. Fabian Nicieza. Oh, that was kind of uh, cool. Yeah, who was in that? Uh, is Captain Britain in the Mighty... No, because that was really a Captain America in the Mighty Avengers. Yeah. Uh, spin-off that Ewing did. Uh, Old Man Logan. Uh, giant Size Little Marvel AVX. That was awesome. That one's pretty good. That one's awesome. Old Man um, Logan. Old Man Logan. Pretty good. Kitty Pride uh, and Star-Lord, which was not my favorite. Not my cup of tea, governor. New, new, new. Um, I'm... But in as... Siege. And Siege, which Siege. Oh. I don't think we I haven't know. ranked Siege. Yeah. S- Siege might have the best sequence in all of Secret Wars, bar none. I wonder if I read that. I don't remember. Huh. There's a part in Siege, because Siege is really the only book that has any direct ties to the main Hickman Secret Wars story. Yeah. Uh, there, Siege is about the wall. And you remember the wall from Secret Wars. It's Ben yes. Grimm, the it's thing. The thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, like the well, sun Thanos, is the human torch. Yeah. Thanos ends up at the wall at a certain point. And we get in Secret Wars proper, Thanos convincing the wall to stand up. Yes. What we don't get, except for in, I believe, Siege number three, or four, I forget, uh, is Thanos... Uh, Thanos is full speech to uh, the wall to get the wall to stand up. That's great. Where Thanos says a bunch of stuff and then he looks down at the wall and says, what time is it, Ben Grimm? <laughs> as and if, then, then the as wall, if Thanos the wall sits around up. remembering people's catchphrases. I love it. Well, yeah, be- because it's clobbering time, Adam. That's the time <laughs> that it is. It is clobbering time. Um, well, I think just the... the the gamut of stuff that you just uh, ran through there uh, demonstrates just how weird some of this stuff got. Um, Actually, most of it's pretty good. <laughs> and and I agree. I think that, you know, if you look across the, the line at the time, there was some pretty cool stuff happening. Um, but Inferno, I, I really enjoy, and it has quite a few of the, the tropes um, that Hopeless likes to play with that um, I was a huge fan of at the time. So um, the, core uh, well and the other thing i want to point out before we start talking about this because i know we're going on and on without talking about this story um it's okay the other two stories we have are very slight is that the um they don't have to connect to secret wars like as long as they make a passing reference to lord doom or you know like i'm the lord of this um the baron they're the baron uh, the baron thank you uh, of this, you know, land or whatever. That that's all you need, and you can do whatever the heck you want. So, like X Men ninety two, it was um, what's his name? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Are you talking about Baron Robert Kelly? Yes, thank who you. Who had a chariot Robert of werewolves? Here, the Baron is um, Cyclops, who is floating around in a Professor X chair. Um, after, well, the premise of this book, I also appreciate because. I feel like it really reiterates this idea that that Colossus is just this dumb oaf who is willing to do anything for his sister without really comprehending what the consequences of it are. Um, Colossus and- <laughs> is very good, and this is this is a consistent character trait. Mm-hmm. Colossus is very good at doing what he thinks is best with reckless abandon. 
regardless of what anyone else, including the person he thinks he's helping, mm-hmm. tells him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now it's this a, that's, is... a, that's a good character flaw for a hero. Oh, it, it and it makes for a fantastic story. So um, the premise here is that um, at the conclusion of, I guess, the original events of Inferno, sort of, it's not quite the same, um, magic, Ileana actually became sort of the dark child and rules this limbo area. And annually, uh, Colossus leads a group of X-Men in to try and rescue her, even though she is so far gone, she has no interest in being rescued, and it's it's an impossible suicide mission. So shades of generation uh, next here, you know what I mean? Uh, there, there are shades of generation next here. I had not made that connection, but you are absolutely right. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, now, because this is uh, Dennis, uh, he's bringing in one of my favorite things, which is Colossus and Domino, uh, a happily married couple, which I absolutely adore. The other element of this book, which is a heck of a lot of fun, is that the other uh, antagonists of this book are Maddie, with uh, basically her pet Havoc. And uh, later in the book, we get a, a sort of mad scientist version, almost steampunk version of Mr. Sinister, which is kind of fun too. What I especially like about the Maddie in Havoc, because as we remember, Havoc in Inferno, how do you put it? He got horny, evil, and slutty. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he became a love slave. Which, whatever. That continues in this, and he's he's very, very good at his job. Um, but he also has to, uh, alongside Sim and Madeline, uh, help raise Madeline's child, who's Cable? Baby Cable! I love him so much, and so much that I drew him into uh, Bish and Jubes. Uh, <laughs> I really love this little, little booger uh, who befriends Domino and uh helps they talk about guns yes i guess i guess i was like oh domino and cable oh wait no yeah domino and cable they long-standing friends (laughs) uh makes sense they immediately hit it off even as he's a child so you know maddie eventually maddie basically says hey i'll i'll help you rescue your sister because i would like to take over you know this limbo demon verse um and what nobody is realizing is that you know, Ileana is not just chilling out and doesn't want to do anything. She actually wants to go and take over the rest of the world. Um, or I guess at least this slice of battle world. So yeah, this, this domain. Yeah. So what's really cool is that, uh, Javier Garon gets to really kind of cut loose and we get tons of cameos throughout this whole thing, uh, to the point where there are these enormous double page spreads of, of fight scenes featuring, dozens and dozens of x-men characters and alternate universes versions of these guys and like uh we just talked about fix in the last episode you get a nice uh cameo fix of fix. is in this one yeah that that was there's a lot of interesting cool stuff in this uh geez the fact that fix is in it i was i was about to ask you what you think the most obscure uh character reference is that you picked up on and you're right it's it's fix well um wiccan is in here wiccan Uh, is not obscure 
No, I'm just flipping through and, and who I see, you know? Oh, uh, Maggot's there, Cecilia Reyes is there, Penance, Cloak and Dagger are there, Wizkid. Yep. Uh, Wiz- Wizkid, who may at this point have had less appearances than Fix. Like, just <laughs> in terms of total issues. Yeah, it's a real uh, fun group of, of uh, cameos here. Not to mention the fact that Nightcrawler gets transformed uh, into a giant teleporting dragon uh, that Madeline gets to ride around on. So there's... Yeah, immediately <laughs> Nightcrawler shows up and he gets dragonfied. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Colossus learns the hard way that Ileana not interested in being rescued. Um, and it, it finally comes down to... I, is it Domino that finally takes her out? Or No, it, it is Colossus. Domino Domino uh tests her luck mm. and puts puts Colossus in a position where he has to choose between saving her and stopping his sister. And he chooses without question to cleave his sister in half. I wanna be clear, she is an evil demon sorceress who has enslaved and tortured people for years at this point. So this is not our snowflake. She is too far gone. I understand it. I get it. Here's the problem. Uh, and I think this is this is one thing the book doesn't do a great job reckoning with. Uh, Colossus is unequivocally wrong this whole time. Yes. And his hubris and his actions do cause literally every other X-Men besides him, Domino, and Boom Boom to get viciously murdered while Madeline Pryor takes over as Baroness of the Domain. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of a... a <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Generation Next tragic ending. I mean... Uh, is it? Okay... It's not as 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 gruesome and or as effective because what you just described is not necessarily super clear. It's not super clear, but it is clear that those three are good. Right. Like, but who knows what happened to everybody else when demons like overran them? In Generation Next, even though Colossus and Shadowcat were their survivors, and even though they actively made choices to leave their students behind those were not the simple choices for them and as a reader we felt like oh no they were they weren't the protagonists they were they were secondary characters in Mm -hmm. generation next right so you see them leaving and it feels like a betrayal even though they are upset that they had to lose their students but they are working towards a greater good where here colossus and domino and boom boom are our protagonists so they get off scot-free and all these other people um, get viciously murdered as demons rule the area. Um, so I feel like it's less effective as oh, a tragedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, Colossus's selfishness um, is what, what it makes it more difficult for. I think Dennis would like us to have the happy ending of, you know, Colossus acting on behalf of Domino, but it's difficult because, uh, you know, his actions have been absolutely horrific throughout this. Um, Col- there's this I, ongoing Cyclops is right joke that goes through this, too. And Cyclops is like constantly just and he's 100 percent correct throughout. He's like, yes, I know I was right. I told you a million times to stop doing this. And now look where you got us, you know, and he's right. No, Cyclops is Cyclops is very right in this one. Uh, so I I struggle with it. I love Javier Garon's art. In yeah, this. It's, it's fantastic. Gorgeous. Um, 
if you're thinking Inferno, this is less Mark Silvestri and more uh, John Bogdanov. Uh, it's it's a cartoony uh, approach to it, which for me works a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really like Garone. I wish his talents were not being used on Jason Aaron's abysmal Avengers book. Mm. I would I would love it if Javier Garon was on a book that I enjoyed reading. But Alas. dude draws dude draws beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um and I enjoy this quite a bit. So if for whatever reason you didn't have a chance to check this out and you are a fan of any of the titles that it's, you know, referencing or the characters that it stars i think you'll really get a kick out of it it's pretty cool i do too uh and i think i think our readers will get a kick out of our big old list mm-hmm. that's right we have 564 stories on our list uh with the number one story being the house of x and the powers of 10 the number 100 story being x force assault on gray malkin uh, the 200th story being Bishop, uh, the Bishop miniseries by John Ostrander. Uh, 300 on our list is Savage Avengers 1 through 5, The City of Sickles. Mm. Uh, number 400 on our list is Uncanny X-Men, The Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire. Uh, number 500 on our list is Wolverine 98 through 100, Furnace of His Mind, Anvil of His Heart. <laughs> and then the Dracos. Draco's down at the bottom. Um, here's my question. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I think we can both agree. Even even if we are known as the Inferno haters, uh, that's that's what the people call us. Adam, as you know. <laughs> I know, I know. Get the hate mail. Every this day. is this is not this is not as good as Inferno. No. Uh, from X Men and X Factor. That's at one eighteen on our list. Yeah. Um. I feel like we often need to point out that. Inferno in the parts that we ranked is actually ranked fairly high on the list. Like I realize that's lower than I know. There's probably people who would put it top ten. Um, here's the yeah, here's it's... the thing. We also should point out that we did Inferno for our first Halloween special that may have been <laughs> five years ago. At this point. I still stand by that. Four ranking. four years ago at this point. Yes. I I I could I could I could stand an Inferno reread. Uh, just to see how how 2021 Zach feels about it. Because 2021 <laughs> Zach, again, likes different things. Sure. I was looking lower in the list. Uh, down at 192, we have the introduction of Cable and... Col- I mean, Cable, excuse me. Uh, Colossus and Domino, which is uh, Cable and X-Force 1 to 5. Um, and, That's at 192. Uh, I- yes, sorry. And then um, down at... Blah, blah, blah. 203 we have uncanny x-men 231 the time that colossus pretended to be a ghost to save iliana um yeah that one's better 203 is better i think i think both I... Of those are better now you have highlighted another story here yeah because i was just looking for all the mentions of the word inferno <laughs> uh number 207 on our list is power pack 20 that's the one where louis simonson just does inferno several years before inferno happens yeah it does it does it a little bit earlier um which is which is pretty interesting i do feel like we are in uh the right area of the list though we are because okay actually i think i i know how i feel about it okay uh 213 on our list is Extraordinary X-Men 13 through 16 Kingdoms Fall, mm-hmm. which I think this is better than. Yep, I agree. 
I would struggle to say that this is better than either the Age of Apocalypse uh, miniseries from t- the 2010s or the first arc of the Road Trip Era X-Force. See, I would put it... Or World War X, which is right above those. See, I would put it um, probably below World War X and above Akira Yoshida's Age of Apocalypse Wonder. No, Park. no, that's not... Hold on. That's not Akira's. <laughs> Wait, which one is that? That's the David Latham. Uh, oh, one. that's the Uncanny X-Force tie-in. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right, but I would... Okay, here's... Okay, now that I've... Let me readjust here. Yeah, you just yep. highlighted it. I would slot this in between uh, 211, which is X-Force 71 to 74 Road Trip, and uh, Trial of Jean Grey at 212. So, so make this our new 212? Perfect. I like that. It's a great spot. I have a I have one of Eminem's sketch covers from oh, yeah. uh, Trial of Jean Grey. So that cool. I have to get framed. I'm very it's the it's the good cover. It's the one where Jean is on trial. Mm-hmm. I have to get that framed. I'm very excited about that once it gets done, but that's for future me. Uh good showing, Inferno. And now for something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people might be surprised about this one. What are we ranking next here? Uh, we're going to rank a Jerry Duggan uh, Halloween story. Yeah. Which r- listeners at this time may be, may be expecting something something different than what we're doing. Uh, and you'd be wrong because this is a Jerry Duggan Halloween story featuring Nature Girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is Nova 22. Mm. Uh, Nova Volume 5, from, number 22. Listen, okay. Were, <laughs> were you ever, like, a Nova guy, Adam? I'm That I don't know. Like, I could see you, like, being a guy who was into the New Warriors, was into Nova. <laughs> I was never into the New Warriors. Uh, sorry, my apologies to Fabian. Um, uh, and Nova... No, I I had to look up because this is not the Nova from the 90s. This is his son, I believe. No, you don't know about Sam Alexander. Okay, I don't uh, know which this there's like three year Novas at this point. So I or more. Well, no, no, no. There was an entire core oh, there's of core. Novas. Was there always a core? They all died. I don't think always. That's not how uh, it but, started, right? No, but uh, in Annihilation. Uh, they all died. Yeah. So, and they've come back and all died again. I think three other times. Oof. Um, it happens. A Brutal. Times. Uh, they're they're space Green Lanterns. Like Green Lanterns aren't in space normally, as you know. <laughs> they're just Green Lanterns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so there's there's Nova, mm-hmm. uh, Dick Ryder. Wait, what? Uh, I'm he, sorry. Uh, what? Oh, uh, Richard Ryder. Nova from the New Warriors, Dick Ryder. That's that's his name. I'm just taking that do in. Do you not know? Do you not know this? I did not know that. This is Adam, the first you've got to learn a lot about Dick Ryder. <laughs> okay, so this character, this Nova we're talking about, is the son of another Nova. No. Yes, named Sam Alexander, and his name is the, Jesse. The Nova's the, no. That his dad's name is Jesse. Oh damn! His name is Sam. Getting it back. This is this is this is the Nova. If you have read Champions, right? That I've. This read is that of. Nova. Okay. All right. Yes. And his buddy, uh, his dad, his buddy, the Watcher, his dad was just a, died. Yes, he was. He was friends with the Watcher. 
Uh, his dad, in fact, there's actually, I remember it being a pretty good issue of Original Sin Zero uh, that actually goes into their friendship a lot. But at this, he first appears in, well, actually, this dates him in an incredibly specific way. He first appears as an Infinite Comics character. You remember when Infinite oh, yeah. Comics first started? Yep. Mm-hmm. He was in that, uh, which led into his appearance in Avengers vs. X-Men. Yep, I remember that. Uh, he crashes through. Yes. Uh, and that starts his that starts his character journey. He gets trained by the Guardians of the Galaxy because he finds a Nova helmet that was actually his dad's. But his dad wasn't a regular Nova. He was a secret Black Ops Nova. Oh, wow. Um, this Nova is named Sam. Um, and this is going to explain a lot. You know about Jeff Loeb. Uh, I've heard of him. Controversial figure in comics. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Jeff Loeb's Jeff Loeb's son uh, passed away as a oh like a, t- a teen oh. or at a certain point, uh, and his name was Sam. So this this was partially Jeff Loeb uh, honoring his son and oh, like, wow. making a character out of him. I had no idea. Uh, so it's really a story about uh, Sam Alexander trying to find his dad who has been lost in space. Hmm. And now he's a superhero trying to be a super black ops Nova, which is what the black helmet was supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Now, I, man, I feel like I just got a whole history lesson there. Now, we're, we're doing a lot of talking about things that aren't specifically X-Men, but are very specific to 2010's Marvel Comics in this episode. <laughs> well, but uh, this, this issue does feature um, trick-or-treating, and it does feature um, the Wolverine and the X-Men uh, kids. So Nova... Specifically, the Wolverine and the X-Men Volume 2, two kids. kids. Yes. Yeah, that is a distinction, because when this came By out, that, we mean Nature Girls there. Yeah, um... So Nova comes back from the moon, uh, tries to get back into school. His principal is basically the character from back to the principal from back to the future, um, who says, sure, why not? You're going to get expelled anyway, but come to class, um, which is grossly irresponsible. And, uh, I would like to, in defense of the teacher, there were 21 issues building up to that, (laughs) where that principal got increasingly frustrated at Nova shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Take some summer school classes. Um, but he goes trick-or-treating uh, with, who is it? Who's here? We got Armor. We got Armor. We got uh, Kid Omega. We got Nature Girl, Kid Gladiator, Genesis, Brew. No, Bruce just on the cover. He's not actually Yeah, he's not in there. the book. Um, What's interesting is uh, the Jean Grey school kids do not know Nova. <laughs> no, they didn't invite him. Uh they sent a text to uh, a different... Who, is it? who did they try to get to trick or Speedball. You know Speedball? Yeah. <laughs> do you, hold on. Now I now I am forced to ask. Do you know Speedball? I, I know of Speedball, yes. He bounces off things. But he's a Spider-Man character. It, he was also in the New Warriors. No, he's not... A, what? I mean, I guess he first appeared in an amazing Spider-Man annual, but he was immediately spun off into his own thing. Yeah, he's he's like, but they tried to make him like you know another cool. Yeah, he, was hip a, he was a Steve, he was a Steve Ditko. Yeah, he was yeah, nineteen eighties Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is X-Men related, you know about you do know about Penance, right? Yeah, but you know about Penance in relation to Speedball. I don't know. No, I don't. 
All right, come on. Tell me the story here. Uh, so, um, famously, the New Warriors uh, in the large event uh, Civil War mm-hmm. uh, did blow up a town, including a school yes. of children. Yep. Mm-hmm. Speedball was one of the only survivors of that and felt a lot of guilt about that whole event. So he designed a suit for himself. And I'm going to send you a picture of this. This is, I guess this is when you weren't reading comics at all. I mean, that covers a lot of time. I want to see. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go back to the chat here. This is, this is his armor. Oh, no. What is that helmet with spikes on it? Oh, what you don't see is the spikes that are on the inside. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because he, he's constantly hurting himself. Uh, he has... <laughs> he has 612 internal spikes that caused him constant pain, symbolic for the 612 deaths he felt responsible for uh, in... Uh, in the Stanford, Connecticut incident. So wait, he calls himself Penance? Like, I'm thinking of the Penance from Generation X. And Adam, I I don't know how to explain this, but I'm getting there. Oh, there's a connection. There ends up being a connection, which is the most buckwild thing. <laughs> uh, it's also important that of those 612 spikes that he has on the inside of his clothes... Guys, look up Penance. Uh, but of those 612 spikes, there are 60 spikes that are constantly broke broken into his skin Ugh. that are deep enough that they are always impaling him. That's for the 60 children that died. Oh my god. Uh also, you know we're going to get to penance, I promise, but we have to go over this. Uh you know about his cat, right? No. I don't know about oh, he's any got of a this. Cat. <laughs> he's got a cat. Okay. He's got a cat. Great. Um he's got a cat Named Niles that has uh, the exact same, exact same. Please tell me not the powers same as out- him, where he can bounce around. Oh, thank goodness! Uh, I thought you were going to say the same outfit, and I was going to lose it. <laughs> okay, so this is this this is going to be a hard one to break to you. Um, so go back to the chat, because uh, Speedball as uh, cat did follow suit and become uh, Peacat the Penitent Puss. Oh no. No. Who who wrote this? Okay. This is making me angry. Okay. okay. So I want to be clear. I It's so important that we make this distinction. While, while the penance being like broken and like sad all the time and wearing a suit that hurts him was a very serious Paul Jenkins thing. Uh, the P-Cat, P-Cat and the penitent puss, uh, they were aware they they knew what they were doing in that one because that one involves uh that one's from Deadpool's uh Great Lakes initiative Summer Fun Spectacular. Oh my god. I mean But it's canon. Alright, get to the part where it connects to Monet. <laughs> get to the part where it connects to t- Okay, so so okay. Back to X-Men. You know Monet Saint Croix? I do. You know how Monet Saint Croix was two kids in a trench coat uh, when we first met her, and the real Monet was in a suit uh, that we called Penance. Yes. Uh, and you know how they did a flip flop at one point, and then Monet got her own body back, and then her twin sisters uh, were two kids in a very sharp trench coat now. Yep. You know that eventually, like 
17 issues later, they were just freed and the 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 body that was Penance is just like vibing and hanging out. Yep. Yep. So the body that was Penance was captured eventually by a mutant growth hormone harvesting drug dealers. Oh no. Uh and joined a team called the Loners. Uh, written by Akira Yoshida himself, uh, Chester Boris Sabolsky. Okay. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, Speedball's not on that team, but do you know who is? The cat? Ricochet. <laughs> Ricochet, who's just 90s Speedball. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> From the Slingers? We're, we, we don't have to explain the Slingers. We're too deep already. Uh, I don't even know where we're at. <laughs> okay, so the slingers, Adam. You know variant covers, right? Yes. Have you ever heard about variant interiors? No. What the hell are we talking about now? Okay, now now we're talking about slingers. Do you know the slingers? No. What is that? Do you know Spider-Man's secret Do you know about Spider-Man's identity crisis? No. Spider-Man had an identity crisis at one point in the late 90s when his books were really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh before John Byrne came in and made him worse. Okay. Uh I'm not going to ask you if you know about Spider-Man Chapter 1. You can Google that yourself. That I've heard Uh, of. Okay, good, good, good. We found common ground. Uh, The Slingers were originally Spider-Man's four different Spider-Man armors that he wore when he couldn't be Spider-Man, but he still wanted to be a superhero, so he was shifting between four different superhero identities. Okay. One And then some dudes uh, picked him up, and one of them was Ricochet, uh, who has the power to throw discs that bounce everywhere. He's very speedball-like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he was also on The Loners. In that book, their their book had variant interiors. What does that mean? What is a variant it means interior? That, like, a couple, uh, you know, it means like most of the interiors were the same, but then there were like a couple of pages that were different depending on what cover you bought. Oh, that's so weird. So you got like a different for, story? For each slinger. Yeah, you got like a different bit of, bit of story in there. Those are the slingers. Not popular. Fun fact, one of the slingers, Hornet, uh, got his identity stolen by none other than Cyber. <laughs> okay, I'm still confused. So the, the husk of penance not to be confused with husk is on this team with somebody who's kind of like speedball but how does she connect to speedball i forgot that it was ricochet and not speedball when i started are you serious we went down that yeah, hole yeah. <laughs> we were we were too deep exactly. at a certain point we were too deep and i did <laughs> people know on this show that once i get into bits i can't pull out oh my god what just happened? Um, okay, so the... So Nova 22 by Jerry Duggan with art by yeah, Frederico so, Santagalli and John Tim. So the basic uh, premise here is that the X-Men kids uh, team up reluctantly, I guess, with Nova. Actually, they don't really care. They're like, come on, hang out. They form a group called the Halloweeners because there is apparently some older boys that are stealing the kids' candy. Uh, this is a Bob's Burgers plot. <laughs> I want to be very clear. They're doing a Bob's Burgers in this. Yeah. But Nature Girl's there. Yeah. She doesn't talk in this. So uh, they, they you know, are dressed up as different characters. Nova is dressed as a ghost, like basically has a, a sheet over him. And they scare the kids and they return the candy. And uh, everybody's having a good time and, and, you know, having a nice, friendly, it 
you know, it's it's nice. Yeah. That's what happened. Nova needed a friend. It's he fine. got friends. I I don't I think this is a bad comic, but I don't think it's going to do well on our list just given that it's uh, you know, it's kind of slight. It's incredibly it, it's a comic that instead of talking about, we talked about dumb Marvel fun facts. <laughs> Well, we chose it mainly on the cover. Uh, I love how my brain... Oh, yeah, I mean, the cover's the cover for this episode. There's a reason we chose it. Yeah, it's adorable. Not as good as 301 Savage Avengers by Jerry Duggan. No, 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 no. Uh, Not as good as 400 What If Legion Killed Magneto. No, it is not. Um, Working my way down, I don't think this is as good as Wildcats X-Men at 453. Okay, it's better than Life Signs from phalanx covenant a a book that book's actively bad like i dislike that book where is that that's it that's at 500 oh yeah i don't i wasn't gonna go that low i don't think this is as bad it, yeah it's not you just highlighted knights of terra i don't think it's that bad it's better than x or apocalypse versus dracula at 466 yep yep i think we're in the right area here um i like generation it's x not, generation 13 not the art adams one the, the other one, one by salvador la roca yep i like that not one art better. adams um, i agree with you i think this is probably better than wolverine reign of terra at 460 um yeah yeah probably you're gonna, you're gonna but it's not as good as wolverine volume 2 issue 102 which is at 450 perfect the weird, the weird ones. Yes. Yeah, with Electra. Yeah, and no nose. Yep. 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 This is this is four sixty. It's the Halloween issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we went on. You ever wonder why people listen to us, Adam? You ever you ever just curious about that? All the time. All right. The last thing we're going to cover is uh, an actual X Men comic. Uh, what an it... actual X Men comic set at actual Halloween. Yes. Yes. And uh, featuring. Uh, one of uh, my favorite artists. This is a, a Chris Bach. Nightmare. Oh. The Chalo de- uh, joint here. It is. This is Generation X 22, written by Scott Lobdell and Michael Wright. Uh, Chris Bachelot uh, is on those pencils. Inkers, so important with Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's Alve and Scott Hanna. Yeah. Yeah. Each... And we got we got Steve Bucalello on those colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it uh, looks like Paige and uh, Banshee have taken uh, Artie and Leech, as well as Franklin, the recently orphaned Franklin, uh, out for some... Thanks to Onslaught. Yeah. Y'all know about Onslaught. Yeah. Uh, out for some trick-or-treating. And uh, there's a parade going on, and back... Oh, because it's... You know where they're at, right? Oh, are they at the parade? Oh, wait. They're in Rutland, baby! Uh, is it? Really? I missed that. Yeah! Yeah! That's, it's Rutland, Vermont. That's great. That's great. We haven't talked about that in a yeah, while. It's, it's the superhero parade. <laughs> Last mentioned in our uh, Beast episode. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it's a fun, it's, listen, I know that, it, well, no, wait, they're just in, they're just in Massachusetts. Yeah, Vermont's not a bad drive. <laughs> Does it make sense to not just go to the, the local Halloween trick-or-treating? Fine. Yeah, I get it. But it's Rutland, babe. Oh, I know exactly why. Because I can I can get this. Because Rutland is the uh, superhero Halloween festival. Right. Like, that's what they do. They dress up as superheroes. And Artie and Leech look like weird little kids. <laughs> yes, Paige is very concerned about this. Yeah, Artie and Leech look weird. <laughs> uh, so, no. Okay, actually, Sean Cassidy, good, good guy. Yeah. So, uh, 
uh, back at the uh, at the ranch, we've got. Well, the... can we can we can we stay can we stay at the Rut- at Rutland for one second? Oh yeah, sure. Because because I want I want to focus there because there's a because this is really split into two stories for the most that part. That is true. There's there's a little vignette with the rest of the team, which is fun uh, and beautifully drawn. Chris, great work. But the the B story with them going trick or treating, a lot of it is Husk talking to Manshi about Siren, about his daughter, because Husk is a family girl, mm-hmm. and she she knows enough to know that Manshi and Siren uh, were not together while she was being raised. And I think there's a lot of good emotional like there's that there's that good Scott Lobdell teen drama, but applied to a dad. And the problem is, I love sad dad stories. <laughs> it is done very well. Um, and that is contrasted by, like you said, there is a a short vignette with the Gen X kids, um, you know, dressing up in costumes and scaring away some punks who wanted to TP, uh, the mansion. And then, uh, very beautifully done. The, the best, listen, if we're only going to get two pages of the Gen X kids acting like trash teens, (laughs) I am all for the two pages being like that because it's good yeah um but then the majority of the issue is emma frost versus nightmare and it's so we were talking about this off air Mm -hmm. um but the best thing you can do with weird dr strange villains like nightmare is just draw the heck out of them (laughs) yeah i'm that's what happens here yeah i'm very fond of the sam keith uh portrayal of this character uh there's been i think kevin nolan does a pretty good one and uh i think javier pina did an incredible job like x-men 4 you have to in x-men 4 you have to you have to you have to bat seconds after pepe laraz on x-men and you know what I'm not going to say he's as good as LaRoz, but he held his own. He did real well. Did a great job. Did a great job. And like that's not that's easy. The, that's the kind of stuff that gets you like a good feeling and good attention to be like, okay, we need to we need to bump you up to something like to really let you stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nightmare has some weird like reason for being there, saying that like he can't get back to his Nightmare realm or somebody's trying to take it over. I, I don't really follow all that, but Emma Frost is having none of it. Uh, <laughs> just puts Nightmare in his place consistently, and uh, it's terrific. He is Emma Frost is very much like literally like just undressing and getting ready for bed. She is dealing with Nightmare, doing weird, creepy stuff, and showing her visions that would upset Emma. Mm-hmm. Visions of her school getting taken over, which is you know he he's. Doing very heavy foreshadowing of hey, Generation X twenty five is going to be right some heavy stuff. Yep, yeah, he's he's and it's going to be rough for you, Emma. It's 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 weird how people ascribe all of the current characterization of Emma to what Grant Morrison did, and they did a great job with Emma. And I know that they did not read Generation X. <laughs> I, like I know it, but. Scott Lobdell was already doing that with Emma Frost back, you know, seven years before Morrison was. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think a lot of people don't understand or recognize. Yeah. Because this isn't collected in the ways that New X-Men is. No, and um, I was actually surprised to... It's been a while since I glanced at it, but Marvel Unlimited does not have a complete Gen X run, um, which I was very surprised to see because this is an absolutely gorgeous issue. 
Um, not only does Chris draw uh, the hell out of Nightmare, there's these weird um, cameos that turn out to be masks of like Omega Red um, and some other things through a witch. Um, but he's also doing that same thing he did with uh, Gen X5 where there's weird border stuff happening. Like, mm-hmm. in that one, you had little gnomes that were walking around. And in here, you get these. He, um, actually, the day that we're recording this, he just posted uh, an image of Venom riding on top of, like, a, an SUV Jeep kind of thing. And it was very reminiscent of the old Rat Fink punk uh, posters. And the characters that are bubbling around the corners here look look very similar to that too. They're all sort of like little gremlins that are attacking each other, and so there's a story going on there, and it it it, it all just makes for this outstanding visual presentation of this story. I, I just it's a shame that more people can't see this. It's such an incredibly good job that they're doing. Mm-hmm. To it's so frustrating, like. Can you get the shade the chain the Milligan Bachelor shade the Changing Man stuff on now? online? Because I know for I know for a bit it wasn't uh, collected. I uh, believe it is. Yeah, it's it okay. It is collected now. Yeah, but for and that's cause, interesting because you can kind of see how Chris's style evolves. By the time you get to the end of that run, you can really see where how he got to like where he is at Generation X one um so yeah because he's cool he's still a very he's still a very traditional oh shoot i bet this is on that dcf i should read all of that again good that that that, here's the thing i know it's spooky times i think i'm gonna become a swamp thing guy (laughs) i've been i've been i've been thinking about it for a while i do think i'm gonna like swamp thing well I know people are going to be yelling at me like, you're a dude. Of course you're going to like Swamp Thing. I do think I'm going to like Swamp Thing, though. I wouldn't doubt it for a second. But this is still two issues before Man-Thing gets involved in this story. So uh, a <laughs> little, little oh breather gosh. before then. But this is a great You're talking standalone. about the Daydreamers? What's that? Yeah, Daydreamers. You're talking about the Daydreamers. Yeah. So I think this is a fantastic standalone issue. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, what do you say we rank it and put it on our giant old list here? Let's rank it. Y'all, I I, I tell you, track down the first like 25 issues of Generation X. They are rock solid. Yeah. Even if, uh, even if Chris isn't drawing all of them, it's pretty dang good. Even if Scott Lobdell's a crappy dude, that book's good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, so... Generation X. At 135, we have Generation X 18 through 19 for the sake of the children, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I have to confirm this, this one. No, this is the one where they, this is the one where they go to Toad's estate. Yes. yes. Uh, it's technically an Onslaught tie-in, but it has nothing to do with Onslaught. Uh, that rules. I think this is better than that. I do too. I do too. So um, we know we're going to be in the top 135 here. Um, I do think we're probably along the same lines as like at 119 X Factor 27 gifts, which is a, a Christmas issue. X Factor 27 is a very, here's my problem, Adam. Yeah. I like Christmas more than Halloween. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's where I'm stuck on because I think that the art, I think the stories are the same more or less. Oh shoot! No, the art 
Oh, 27 does have that Walt Simonson art, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, oh. But I, I also, you know, the, as I go up the list, I, I don't think I could put this above like Inferno or um, no, Ladies one... Night at 114. Here's what, I, here's what I'll say. Yeah. I would put it between Gifts at 119 and above All New X-Men 137, which is that Mike Del Mundo uh, beautiful issue with Gene and Emma. Oh, that's yeah. That's actually a good comparison of a one shot. So this is going to be our new one twenty. This will be our new one twenty generation X volume twenty two. Nice Halloween one. Good showing. What a weird episode of this podcast. <laughs> this is what happens when we choose our own stuff on a, at a whim. You know what I mean? I love it. I love. It. Listen, I love our great supporters on patreoncom slash Yes. I love the stories that they suggest. More than that, I love taking an idea and just doing the dumbest thing with it. <laughs> and it does not always work. In fact, I think it works less than it. I think it works less than uh, it should. But I have fun with it and I have fun talking with you. Thanks. And if any of our readers want to want to get in and suggest some stories for us, uh, they can go over to that aforementioned Patreon. It's also in the episode notes. Go click on that bad boy. Uh, d- reach deep down into your hearts and your pocketbooks and toss a couple of coins into our coffers. It helps keep Comics XF going. There's a lot of great stuff on that website. Uh, we, as we're recording this, we've just done a lot of really cool interviews. Oh yeah, really uh, good stuff. I mentioned the Al Ewing one last week, mm-hmm. uh, and that one's great. Uh, also in that time. Uh, Steve Fox did a really fun interview. Uh, Cy Spurrier did a really fun interview with our sister podcast, WMQ&A. Walter. We also had Walter Mosley, yeah. uh, acclaimed novelist. <laughs> uh, Bill Clinton's favorite <laughs> uh, uh, writer. He's doing the thing. So, yeah. And that's not a euphemism. He's writing a book called The Thing with Tom Riley, who, you, who re- listeners of our podcast may know from the... Uh, Marvel's Spotlight X-Men mm-hmm. uh, issue that he did with friend of the show, Jay Edited. Yes. Very exciting. So go check go check that one out. We also had the entire creative team of the Image hit series Die uh, do a big old retrospective. That's Kieran Gillen. That's Stephanie Stephanie Hans. Uh, we've got some good stuff. I've got I've got interviews that I have to transcribe still that I'm excited about. I, I don't know if it'll be up yet. Uh, but keep an eye out for an interview that I've done did with friends of the show Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler about their book Undone by Blood or The Other Side of Eden. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm really happy with <laughs> the stuff that's going on on the site. Uh, happy that we have such cool podcasts like uh, Bat Chat. Like, hey, if you like um, if you like this podcast, but you like Batman, you should go check that one out. Yeah, that's great. We got Chris's on Infinite Earths as well. Uh, we got a we got a whole good roster here in the Comics XF family, uh, and your support goes towards that goes towards the writers goes towards the editors goes towards everyone who keeps this side moving. Because I'm going to tell you what, there's not a lot of money in niche comic book uh, journalism <laughs> and criticism, um, but we try and we try and spread that out to our friends and neighbors. That's right people people who do the work yeah adam what do you got going on you guys can always follow me uh on twitter at arthur stacy and uh next week we have a, a guest we we do we want to announce that or is that going to be a surprise yeah we want to announce we want to announce that hollywood superstar jordan bloom uh is going to be on the uh 
Yes. Going to be on the thing. Not for an interview or anything. We just want to talk to our friend Jordan uh, about some X-Men comics. He's a so huge X-Men fan. So excited to have him on. Yeah, y'all watch, y'all did watch Marvel's Hulu's MODOK, right? So good. I'm sorry. Hulu's Marvel's MODOK. <laughs> Hulu's Marvel's mental organism designed only for killing featuring Patton Oswald. An actual show that was on the air and was very good. It was very good. My wife, I'm not sure it was a show for wives. And that's very reductive. Come on. Uh, it wasn't a show for my wife. I've talked to other people whose wives were also not interested in it. I was very interested in the show about Modoc. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Sinister's in it at one point, folks. It rules. Uh, I have nothing else here. Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, anything else we have to say, Adam? This episode's gone wild. No, happy Halloween. And uh... Oh, yeah, that's the theme of this one. It's Halloween. <laughs> we... We gave up the ghost real quick on this bit. <laughs> Pun intended. Until next week, folks, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!